When Brenda Delgado met Dr. Ricky Peniagua in Dallas in August 2012, she was over the moon. He was a Stanford-educated dermatologist who had just moved to Texas from California, and he was in the final stages of a divorce. She was single, living with her family, and working two jobs as a dental assistant. Three months later, they were living together, and six months later, she was pregnant. It seemed like Brenda found her happily ever after, but her Prince Charming was about to fall in love with another woman, and four years later, Brenda made the FBI's 10 Most Wanted Fugitives list. I'm Chris. I'm his wife, Amy. And this is True Crime Recaps. If you've got less than an hour to get your true crime fix, no problem. This is where you're going to get twice the crime in half the time, with two recaps in 30 minutes or less. In recap number two, I want to tell you about a botched murder-for-hire plot in Louisiana. Three men are accused of killing two women, but as it turned out, neither of them were the intended victim, and one of them was the sister of one of the men arrested. This is a wild story in a developing case, so stick with us to the end so you don't miss it. But for now, take us to Dallas, honey. Brenda Delgado and Dr. Ricky Peniagua were living together for about seven months in Dallas, Texas, before she got pregnant in June 2013. She was thrilled. He wasn't. After days of discussing it, she agreed to terminate the pregnancy, but she made sure to tell her friends and family that they were planning to have children together someday, just not then. That fall, she went back to school to be a dental hygienist. From the first time she introduced herself to her classmates, it was clear that she was crazy about her boyfriend. They remember her talking about Ricky and not herself, even in her first conversations with new people. By January 2014, she was showing off an engagement ring, but her happiness didn't last long. Just a few weeks after her big announcement, she told friends the engagement was off. His mother told him to stay away from her because she was concerned about how needy Brenda was. She thought she needed psychological help. Ricky listened to her advice, but he couldn't seem to quit Brenda. They stayed together for six more months until he finally called it off and asked her to move out in July 2014. Brenda did not take it well. A few months later, in September 2014, Ricky was getting out there, meeting people, and trying new things. He even joined a salsa dancing class. But when he showed up to his second lesson, who did he see? Brenda. She had joined the same class. Just a total coincidence, she told him. And he believed her. At first, yes, he said it was awkward, but then they started getting together after class to practice. And eventually, a month or so later, they got back together and she moved back in. But it didn't last long. In February 2015, he emailed her a breakup message telling her it was over for good this time, but he hoped they could stay friends. Brenda was devastated. She couldn't imagine a future without him. After all, not only were they living together, but he was paying her bills and her mother was working as his housekeeper. Brenda was even on his cell phone plan. She held on tight to his polite remark about staying friends, and before he knew it, Brenda seemed to be showing up wherever he was. He'd be jogging, and Brenda would suddenly be there walking by. A month after their second breakup, Ricky was out at a restaurant with a date when he looked over and there was Brenda watching them. He chalked it all up to coincidence and didn't think anything of it. 
He had no idea that Brenda was keeping an eye on him and she had everything she needed to keep tabs on him. Because in an effort to be nice, he kept her in his life in two very important ways. He left her on his cell phone planned and he kept her mother employed as his housekeeper. With that access, she could get into his apartment. She used the Find Me app to track him down and follow him around. She read his texts and emails and kept screenshots of the messages she found the most upsetting, usually those between him and other girls he was dating. According to Brenda's former friend and roommate, she was, quote, super obsessed with Ricky. She kept a smile on her face when she saw him, but secretly she was enraged that he'd broken up with her again and over email at that. She talked about the situation so much, it got to the point that her friend didn't want to be around her. Brenda told everyone who would listen that she and Ricky were destined to be together forever, but Ricky had no idea she was secretly forcing her way into his life. Then, everything changed. In May 2015, he met Dr. Kendra Hatcher. She was a kind, smart, beautiful pediatric dentist. One of those people everyone loves and gravitates to. In his words, they were totally in sync from the start, and he didn't waste any time introducing her to his parents. Unlike their reaction to Brenda, they immediately fell in love with Kendra, just like he had. But in the back of his mind, there was one thought that wouldn't go away. He had to tell Brenda. In June 2015, he sent her a text saying he met someone he was serious about. You might be wondering what Brenda's reaction was to that text. If you think she went berserk, you'd be wrong. She was playing the long game at that point. All she said was that she hoped they could still be friends. And he took her at her word. He kept in touch with her even while he threw himself into his new relationship with Kendra. What he didn't know was that Brenda had been closely watching his developing relationship. On her phone, she had his social security number, cloud password, pictures of Kendra, pictures of him with Kendra, pictures of the building where Kendra worked, pictures of him jogging, and random pictures of Kendra with her friends and family that she downloaded from Facebook. She even created a fake Facebook profile so she could follow Kendra. I told you, Ricky was still in contact with Brenda. Here's an example of that. A month or so after he started dating Kendra, he reached out to Brenda and asked her to connect him with her mechanic friend, Jose. He needed work done on his truck, but he wanted a good price and he knew Brenda had a connection. When she got his text asking her for this favor, she jumped at the chance to help him. She even met him at the mechanic shop to give him a ride back to work after he dropped his truck off. A week later, when it was time to pick it up, Brenda was the one he asked to give him a ride back to the shop. By August 2015, he and Kendra were planning a life together. They started a wedding fund and talked about making a move to San Francisco in October. Little did he know that Brenda saw each and every one of those text conversations, and the reality of her ex-boyfriend's new life with Kendra was sending her into a spiral. She went from jealous ex to obsessed stalker. And with every day that went by, she got angrier and angrier. That's when she met a new friend. Crystal Cortez. Just days after meeting her, Brenda told her she wanted Ricky in a coma and Kendra eliminated. The two of them tossed around a lot of different ideas about the best way to do it. They talked about injecting her with heroin or beating her to death with a baseball bat, but they eventually decided to shoot her because it seemed like the easiest way to kill her, in Crystal's words. But the first thing they had to do was get themselves a trigger man, and Crystal knew just the guy for the job. 
Christopher Love. He agreed to do the job in exchange for some cash and $300 worth of weed and $600 worth of cocaine. Crystal said she'd help for $500. The three of them, Crystal, Brenda, and Christopher, watched Kendra's apartment building to figure out where they should do it. They decided that the secure parking garage attached to the building would be the ideal spot to take her out. On September 1st, 2015, they put their plan into motion. Brenda contacted her good friend Jose and asked to borrow his car. Remember Jose? He's the mechanic she recommended to Ricky. Jose loaned her his black Jeep Cherokee because she told him her car was having issues. The next night, Brenda and Jose went to Chili's for dinner while Crystal and Christopher drove Jose's Jeep to Kendra's parking garage and waited for a resident to open the gate. It didn't take long for a resident to pull in and open the security gate, and all they had to do was follow the car through the secured entrance. They drove up to Kendra's parking spot and waited nearby for her to come home. While they sat there, Christopher cleaned the gun and bullets so there wouldn't be any fingerprints for the police to find. When Kendra pulled in and parked, Christopher approached her just as she was getting out of the driver's seat. He pulled the trigger and shot her in the back of the head. Gunpowder residue on both of her hands led investigators to believe that she had both hands up and behind her head when she was shot, according to Heavy.com. Her lifeless body fell onto the concrete. Her door was still open. He reached inside the car and grabbed her purse and the Nikon camera she'd just borrowed from a friend. When she heard the shots, Crystal took off and Christopher jumped in the back seat and crouched down on the floor. They went squealing out of the parking garage and into the street, but their getaway wasn't as clean as they thought. Security closed-circuit TV caught the Jeep on camera. Images police turned over to the media in hopes that someone would recognize the vehicle. And the next day, someone did. Jose. Meanwhile, Ricky was waiting upstairs for Kendra to come home. They were leaving on a trip for Cancun the next day, so they were both running errands. She was late, and he was hungry, so he ran out to grab tacos at the stand across the street from her building and noticed police activity around her parking garage. When he came back inside and tried to get back into her apartment, the security had to tell him what had happened to Kendra. He was horrified. But who did he turn to for comfort? Brenda. He sent her a text with the whole story. She was more than happy to be a shoulder for him to cry on. She offered to bring him food, get together to talk, or just go for a walk to clear his head. Whatever he needed, she was there. It almost seemed like her plan might have actually worked, but... She didn't count on her friend Jose. When he saw his car on the news, he asked Brenda for an explanation. She wouldn't talk to him. Two days after Kendra's murder, Jose went to the police. He told them the Jeep was his, but he loaned it to Brenda Delgado. According to the Dallas News, that was the last time he ever loaned his car to anyone. He said, Brenda Delgado in general is a life lesson for me. When police questioned her, she said she didn't know anything about Kendra, and she just thought of Ricky as a friend. She also handed over a receipt from Chili's where she had been the night of the murder having dinner with Jose. Then she pointed the finger at Crystal. She said Crystal was using the car that night, so whatever happened was Crystal's fault. Crystal came down to the police station on her own and agreed to answer questions. Only 45 minutes later, she was telling them a story. She said Brenda paid her $500 to give Christopher a ride to Kendra's parking garage so he could steal Kendra's license for Brenda. As far as Crystal was concerned, all she was guilty of was driving the getaway car for a robbery. When he shot Kendra, she said she tried to drive away, but he jumped in the backseat before she could. That's the story she stuck to for three years. 
But the prosecutor needed her testimony to take down Brenda and Christopher, so they offered her a deal. If she testified against them, her sentence would be reduced to 35 years. At Brenda's trial in June 2019, she admitted she was part of the plan to murder Kendra from the beginning. As for the actual shooter, it took a month after the murder for the police to track down Christopher Love. When they finally found him, they brought ATF dogs to his house when the arrest was made. As they were searching his car, the dogs uncovered the murder weapon hidden under the seat. Why didn't he throw it away? Who knows? His own girlfriend had the same question. She's recorded on a prison phone call asking him why he didn't get rid of the gun if he used it to kill Kendra Hatcher. His response? I know. It was stupid as F. Yeah. He tried to blame the whole murder on Crystal. At trial, he said it was actually her who actually pulled the trigger, despite the video showing him walking toward Kendra's car in the parking garage and the fact that the murder weapon was found in his car. The jury didn't buy it. He was found guilty of capital murder. On October 31st, 2018, he was sentenced to death by lethal injection. And what about Brenda? The actual mastermind behind this whole thing escaped to Mexico the day after she was questioned and stayed hidden there living with relatives for six months. That earned her the dubious distinction of being only the ninth woman to ever make the FBI's most wanted list. She was arrested in April 2016. When her trial started in June 2019, her accomplices had already been tried and convicted. It took only a week of testimony and less than 20 minutes for the jury to find Brenda Delgado guilty of masterminding the murder-for-hire plot that killed Dr. Kendra Hatcher. She was sentenced to life without parole. The death penalty was not on the table for Brenda because Mexico refused to extradite her back for trial if that was a possibility. I think Kendra's own sister summed up this case best when she asked this question. Does Brenda still think happily ever after with Ricky was worth it? So I have some thoughts on this whole Brenda Delgado thing, but yeah, you go ahead. Well, I think the big I think the big thought for me is that, you know, when a guy breaks up with somebody uh-huh. You know, if you're going to move on with your life for real, you should let that person go. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, and and trying to be friends and all of that is, oh, is, yes. is fine. Yeah. I mean, you can do that. You you know, that, that does happen. But I think both people need to be responsible enough. And sometimes it's harder for the person who's still in love, like in this case, Brenda, mm-hmm. you know, um, but, but, but to be responsible enough to let the other person go or to recognize that maybe this person is still hung up on you and it's not a very healthy situation. And the, the, you know, the more, the darker side of that is sometimes a guy will say, Hey, I, I know this person is still hung up on me, but I don't, I just don't want to let her go. I'm going to move on with my life and have, you know, this other girlfriend mm-hmm. and everything. But you know, that doesn't mean I want my ex-girlfriend not to want me anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is, <laughs> I mean, I feel like we all terrible... want our exes to still want us. Like who doesn't, yeah, but I know, at the but, same time, but, like yeah. you can't just keep having them hanging on and it's so weird because when you're tell when you're telling the story and like i'm familiar with a little bit that ricky i mean he just doesn't come off as like he wasn't doing that intentionally and obviously none of this is his fault but like he wasn't it didn't come off like he's intentionally trying to 
hang her on, you know, keep her holding right. on. Right. I know. It doesn't feel like that he necessarily. He just seems sort of like naive about the fact Maybe that. Maybe he just didn't. Like, dude. And see that. Like, explain but, but to me. But also from, from, yeah. one, from, from, a, from a guy's perspective, when you do enjoy a certain friendship with a woman that maybe you've had a relationship with before i understand it's like you don't you want to have that friendship still and as much as she's kind of over there hoping like maybe i'll stay friends with him and we'll we can still be together someday Mm -hmm. which was what she was well i mean it worked yeah in in his perspective Mm -hmm. you know he was probably hoping man wouldn't it be great if i could go off and live my life and have this relationship that i really want to have and still keep this friendship with brenda because that was important to him you know okay so can I share a personal story? <laughs> so we, you and I have been together for forever. A long time. And, but we've broken up and we've caught, we've gotten back and forth. Yeah, we've gone yeah, back we've and gone, forth yeah, together. Yeah. And so it's not unheard of. And I mean, I'm not to say that, of course, we're not the only ones in the world that have gone, gotten back together and whatever. But at the same time, like, it's, I can see where she would think like, she had a chance because she did, he did do that. Like they did get back together when he, she like stalked him to that salsa dancing class. And then all of a sudden and they, they did got get back, back together. together. Yeah. So that's it totally right. worked. And it kind of seemed like it, it also might've worked. Like you said in the story, like it might've worked again because I'm sure it would have, if she was if, the first one he called. And yeah, when you live, you've if lived things, with if, somebody and they've had this history of this baby and like, like, and her, I mean, it's just. But it's also oh, it's this it's kills it's, me. This it's, kills it's me. also a case of like what is is uh, what what's available in your life. I mean, if things hadn't. Are you it, saying it, we got back together? No, because we no, had no one else available. No, we were meant to be together, honey. <laughs> Chris is like, yeah, that's. <laughs> I'm just as 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 a possibility. Yeah. You know, maybe had he not met Kendra, or things hadn't worked out with this new woman, Kendra. Mm-hmm. In, in enough time, perhaps Brenda could have worked her way back into his life again for yeah. the second time. The first time being at the salsa dancing right, class. Right. Um, however, even in that case, if things just weren't meant to be, eventually mm-hmm. they would, pro- even if they got together a second time, they would probably. Mm-hmm. So, That's good, honey. So we were meant to be <laughs> okay. together, honey. Okay, <laughs> okay thanks. <baby. laughs> I'm like, God damn it. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. But can we now? Okay, so that's Ricky. But now can we please discuss the freaking people that Brenda found to help her? Yeah. How what does, in God's name? Like, I don't know, but like, I just. That girl, I'm, Crystal, only knew her for like a, uh, like, she just practically just met her when she hired her to help her. And, and with this freaking Murder for hire plot. Are you kidding me? For $500? I was just going to say, the more we do this, the more I'm just completely amazed at how little money people will take it's to so agree weird. to, you know, try to kill somebody. It's so weird. You know? And then the, I mean, the guy. Other, the other guy, what do you want? 300 in weed, 600 in coke, and maybe. And some cash. A little bit of cash. She wanted like, 500. Dude. Like, really? What is wrong with you? And like you said, the more we do this, the more it just feels like murder is such a hassle. Why? That's yeah. why I wonder, like, I feels like is it, it never worth it? Works Was out, it worth yeah. it, Brenda? Like, for this guy, come on. I mean, no. <laughs> I mean this beautiful Dennis, like, lost her life. She had obviously many friends and loved ones who are still, their lives are still changed today. Ricky, let's hope he doesn't, let's hope he, I mean, let's hope he meets somebody new. Let's hope he meets somebody I new. Hope so. yeah. And, and, 
I mean, God knows what his trust issues must be like. Just horrifying. I mean, Lord, talk about yeah, baggage. I mean, and then all for this ridiculous to girl to get a doctor. I mean, it just kills me. It's just insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then again, like, yes. and then her poor friend that she borrowed his car from and then made him alibi her that night, like telling him to take her to dinner. And like that poor guy. You said he'll never loan his car to anybody again. I mean, God, yeah, and that it's was just a life all lesson. these lives wasted and ruined because of this. I think that's stupid a that, girl. I think to be I, with this guy it just makes you sad. And that's a. I think that's a poor choice for a criminal mind to use a vehicle from I a friend. Mean, hello, he's gonna you know? recognize the car. And when they said, I think you said they were doing some surveillance on Kendra's building, like before they did mm-hmm. this. It's like, oh. Good job, wizards. Do you not see that there's security cameras? Do you not think that maybe there might be cameras? There's cameras everywhere now. I everywhere. Mean, just recognize that you there's know, cameras everywhere. There's, you know, yeah. Anytime you do anything in life, for the most part, they can. There's some it's sort either, of closed if circuit television. It's not television. your phone that's going to get you. It's your camera. Oh, and P.S. I believe I did read that the police did put their phones in the parking garage at the same time Kendra was. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I have another murder for hire story, so I'm going to jump into that because it's, it's even, if anything, it's, it's possibly, I don't want to say worse because there's no worse in, when it comes to murders. It's all bad, but this is, it's insane. Let me, let me tell you, let me get into that. Okay, okay, baby. All right. I have another murder for hire story for you and you will not believe who the target was and why. It's pretty twisted. This is a developing case, but here's what we know so far. In a little town about 70 miles southwest of New Orleans, Louisiana, called Montegut, a convicted sex offender named Beau Cormier hired two other scumbags to kill a woman who was set to testify that he raped her. But she wasn't just any rape victim. No, she was his teenage niece. And instead of killing her, his goons are accused of shooting her mother, Brittany Cormier, and their neighbor, Hope Nettleton. So here's what happened, according to the sheriff. On January 13th, 2021, Bo allegedly hired a man to go to her house to murder his niece. When he went to the door and asked for the girl by name, her mother was way ahead of him. She knew her daughter was in danger, so she tricked him into believing she was the intended victim. He allegedly shot her right where she stood. And in the words of the sheriff, she accepted her fate to save the life of the actual victim, her daughter. Hope, their friend and neighbor, tried to fight him off, but she was also shot and killed. The actual victim, Brittany's daughter, was hiding in the closet with her stepsister during the attack, and they weren't hurt. Bo was arrested on March 6, 2020, for raping his then 16-year-old niece and intimidating her mother, Brittany. He bailed out of jail the same day, according to TheAdvocate.com. Now, sometime between July and November, investigators say Bo, Andrew Eskin, and Dalvin Wilson drove 100 miles from their home in Vermilion Parish to stake out his sister's house. Then two of the men allegedly came back in November 2020 to carry out the hit, but they failed. Before the men were arrested for the January 13th, 2021 murders, Bo served as a pallbearer at his sister Brittany's funeral on January 21st. They were arrested a week later on January 29th. Now, Bo is a guy that's used to working the system. 
For years, he's been in and out of prison for crimes like forcible rape, third-degree rape, intimidating a witness, cyber-stalking, armed robbery, and freaking animal cruelty. For some of those charges, he didn't even spend any time in jail. Now, hopefully, this time is different. Both of his friends confessed to their part in the double murder, according to KRO 7 News. According to police, Dalvin Wilson pulled the trigger on January 13th. Andrew Eskin wasn't there because he had to work, but he supplied his truck as the getaway vehicle and helped plan the murder. Both men named Bo as the person who paid them to kill his niece. Now, all three men are charged with first-degree murder, and in Louisiana, anyone convicted of first-degree murder automatically gets either life in prison without parole or the death penalty. And in this case, the district attorney says the death penalty is absolutely a very real possibility. Thanks for letting us catch you up on these murder for hire cases. If you like getting all the crime in half the time, please take a second to hit subscribe and give this podcast a five-star rating and let us know what you think in the comments. Until next time, take care.